from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. I'm in Agadir, Morocco, and what you hear behind me is a Moroccan military CH-47 helicopter. It's called a Chinook in the U.S. On this episode, you're going to hear why the U.S. military and those of six other nations got together here to conduct something called Exercise African Lion 2019. General Roger Cloutier, commanding general of U.S. Army Africa, breaks down what happened and why and what it means for the future of the U.S. military. This is a multinational uh, exercise that involves about eight of uh, uh, partner nations, uh, both partners and allies, African partners and, and uh, European allies. We also go out to remote field locations to observe parts of the exercise. My name is First Lieutenant Wilson Meyer. I am First Platoon Leader for Apache Troop 175 Cav, 2nd Brigade Combat Team, 101st Airborne Division, Air Assault. I am down here in Morocco conducting platoon live fire exercises. But it's not all about military maneuvers. There's a humanitarian component to this exercise. So we have a gentleman who shows up, and he has a huge cyst on his leg. He can't wear pants. He can't work. He can't provide for his family. Wait until you hear what happened to him at this field hospital. That and more coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. 1,100 U.S. troops and more than 1,000 from Morocco and six other nations are here in Morocco to see how well they can work together to solve some very complex, fictitious, but complex problems that all relate back to violent extremism and instability. And by the way, this is designed to make sure that if needed in the future, they can all work together as a joint command. So interoperability is the main objective. But as the commanding general of U.S. Army Africa, Major General Roger Cloutier told me when we sat down, and by the way, U.S. Army Africa is taking over as the lead coordinator for this next year. There's a lot more to the scenario. There's relationships, political sensitivities, and there are people's lives hanging in the balance. JJ, let me give a little context. This is the 16th year of African Lion. Uh, the United States Marine Corps has kind of been the, the lead element for the past 15 years, and this is a transition year. U.S. Army Africa is going to become the lead planner and uh, the lead sponsor uh, of the exercise uh, starting next year. So this was kind of a transition year for us. So um, the role we're playing here is we're going to be uh, the coordinating element, the element that, that brings the exercise together, that works with the host nations um, to plan the scenario and bring forces to bear uh, to train and exercise. The exercise was also an opportunity for U.S. Army Africa to try out some new things. 
Good morning, I'm Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Brown, Chief of U.S. Army AFCA's Early Entry Command Post. Uh, we provide a unique capability to U.S. Army AFCA and U.S. AFCA Command as one of the only designated Joint Task Force capable headquarters. Uh, we provide early entry on the continent in uh, teams of, of three, three personnel up to 200 personnel, and we provide mission command and command and control for foreign humanitarian assistance operations, limited interventions, uh, NEO operations, basically anything the nation needs us to do to assist uh, our partners here on the African continent. And Cloutier explained that's not the only thing they brought down for the exercise. Um, I have a deployable Joint Task Force headquarters uh, that I brought down here, and so my headquarters is serving as the combined Joint Task Force headquarters uh, for the overall operation. And then underneath us, um, we have component headquarters, both the land component, the air component, and the naval component. And so we're providing that overarching command and control and allowing uh, the subordinate components to exercise in their respective domains. Why is the exercise always in Morocco? Um, well, historically, it's been that way for the, the past uh, 15 years. This is kind of where it started. Um, the exercise started as a bilateral exercise between the United States and Morocco. Um, and it kind of uh, morphed over the years. Now it includes heavy participation by the Utah National Guard, their Morocco State Partnership Program. We have 175 CAV. Um, we have our regionally aligned forces here, some naval forces, some uh, Air Force forces out of uh, Aviano Air Base. Um, but it started off as a bilateral exercise between the United States and Morocco. Three years ago, Tunisia um, became part of the package. And then over time, more and more allied nations uh, have started to participate. One would ask, most people have asked me, uh, why is this being located in, in Agadir this year? Uh, is, is there any overarching or compelling reason why uh, the, the exercise is here this year? Um, well, uh, Agadir's in the southern zone. Lieutenant General Farouk is a southern zone commander. There's great training venues, ranges, um, maneuver space down here uh, in what, what uh, the Moroccans call the southern zone. So it's just, it supports the exercise well. There's great training facilities uh, and allows us to, to get after the training objectives that we want to get after. What would you say to the layperson who asks what you're trying to accomplish here uh, in these exercises with all of the partners and all the, the uh, countries here? You know, JJ, there's an old African proverb that says, if you want to travel fast, travel alone. If you want to travel far, travel together. And this is about traveling far. This is about uh, strengthening our partner networks, both African partner networks and our allies. Um, and this is about... Um, you know, training with the Moroccans uh, so that they develop their capacity and they become net exporters of security. And the objective, according to Cloutier, was for the U.S. and its partners to travel together. And one of those partners is the United Kingdom's military. My name's uh, Captain Thomas Jelly. I command a team uh, within the UK's Specialized Infantry. Uh, and we deploy around the world, uh, working with partner forces to try and build capacity in key areas. Here in Tiffany today, uh, we've just finished the final exercise of African Lion 19, uh, where uh, Team 5, uh, my team, have been working with our American allies uh, and alongside the hosts from Morocco uh, to train against countering uh, violent extremist organisations, which is a threat that faces us all. Uh, the Finex was an enormous success, uh, following on the back of some very productive training over the last six days, uh, and uh, we're looking forward to continuing these 
friendships into next year's iteration. That interview with Captain Jelly took place the day before. We sat down with General Cloutier, and he talked about the importance of next year and the future. So what you saw yesterday was Moroccan forces, Tunisian forces, uh, forces from the uh, from the UK and U.S. forces all training together. And what that does is it strengthens the relationships. And we're we want to work on the relationship before we need the relationship. So this is about enduring partnerships over time um, that increase our partner capacity and uh, increase our ability to operate in a joint and coalition environment. So again, we want to travel far, so we want to travel together. I think John Kennedy said something to that effect about um, repairing the roof or building it before you need it. Or a number of people have said that, and, and that's absolutely correct, um, working on a relationship before you need it. How would you assess what you've been able to accomplish so far at this exercise? Well, our partnership with, you know, our relationship with uh, the nations that are participating in African Lion is strong. They're all strong nations. UK's here. Canada's here. Senegalese are here. Spain is here. Um, uh, France is here. Uh, Morocco, Tunisia. So um, a lot of great, strong partnerships. Again, this exercise is, this is the 16th year that it's been ongoing. So um, the, the relationships are very, very strong. Um, so, so I'm really happy about what we're doing here. Morocco is, is, is a very strong and capable uh, partner on the continent. So is Tunisia, and they're kind of the two cornerstones of African Lion. Uh, so I think we've accomplished a lot. And again, you know, the most important takeaway, we've done great training. Um, we've done great interoperability. We've all earned a lot. But as you walk around the training site, you see American soldiers standing shoulder to shoulder with their Moroccan and Tunisian counterparts forming those relationships. And somewhere down the road, they're going to need each other. And that's what's important. Mm-hmm. You made a very interesting adage um, one of the days we've been here regarding um, the young lieutenants that are training together from the different nations and continuing through their careers becoming generals and realizing the value of their relationships that started so many years ago. Would you remind us what that adage is? Yeah, you know, we, we were talking and, you know, so the lieutenants that are on the ground today training with their Moroccan, Tunisian, UK, French counterparts, uh, one day they're going to be generals. And we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and we don't know where we're going to find ourselves 10 or 15 years from now. Um, and one day in a place far away that none of us have even thought about yet, that lieutenant will one day be a general and he's going to look across, uh, you know, the table and he's going to see someone that he trained with 15 or 20 years before. And that relationship and that shared bond, that shared experience um, will help them move forward together. General, I've heard that same adage applied to the, the bad people that are out there, the, uh, the young uh, gun runners, the young uh, terror um, acolytes, the young... Uh, weapons dealers uh, out there and um, someday they will look back and realize they've they've made relationships uh, and then they will use that relationship to build on to call on call in favors etc so I'm I'm under the understanding that this exercise in large part is designed to uh, stay ahead of these organizations and stay ahead of those people Uh, And they're thinking as well. So when they're thinking very much like you are, what is the advantage that you have over them? Um, 
Well, I mean, let, let's talk about the humanitarian assistance exercise we went out and saw yesterday. So 10,000 um, cases have been seen over the period, about 8,000 individual patients and about 10,000 separate cases. A lot of young children uh, were seen who received glasses for the first time, cataracts were removed. I mean, I think you saw uh, the activities that were ongoing. They will remember that, and they will remember uh, that the United States was here, and this is what the United States did uh, for us. And so that's important. And our young soldiers, sailor, airmen, Marines that are out there, those are ambassadors uh, for the United States of America. And so uh, that's what we're trying to do. The United States is, is an enduring partner that is a friend for life. And once you're friends with the United States, um, we're not going anywhere. So let's talk... <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's talk a few minutes about the threats that are out there, and then we'll maybe talk a little bit more about some of the other elements that took place or taking place along uh, the course of this exercise. There is a fictitious organization, CVE or VEO. There's a this this whole thing is based in part on a, a fictitious VEO called IFIM. Talk to us about how that threat in this scenario mirrors reality. Well, you know, if, if you look across Africa, there's a lot of challenges uh, that Africa's facing. Uh, high unemployment rates, uh, youth bulge, ungoverned spaces. Um, that provides uh, a lot of opportunity for um, competing ideologies or competing, you know, um, systems um, that would draw people in. And so in, in the scenario, um, or we're trying to portray an enemy that's competing for the people, you know, and in a, in a, a counterinsurgency situation, the people are the prize, right? And the enemy is a fish that swims in the sea of the people. And so um, that's what the competition is for. And so what we tried to depict in this scenario um, is uh, a VEO, an insurgent organization, um, that's uh, trying to operate in and among the people. And what we're trying to train on are those core competencies that allow the host nation forces uh, to do things like humanitarian assistance, to demonstrate you know, their commitment to the people, their commitment to good governance. Um, and then one of the things we say is um, in, in a situation like we're depicting in this exercise, when the military shows up, do the people run towards the military or do they run away from the military? And what we're trying to do is make sure the people run towards the military. And as a matter of fact, there was a humanitarian effort underway during the exercise. It was a massive field hospital operation set up in an area very much like a desert in a place called Tata. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Paul Anderson with the Utah Air National Guard. We're here in Tata, Morocco, providing a hum some humanitarian service to the people in this region. I work in the dental section where we mainly provide extractions, fillings, and a few cleanings. Uh, we're also doing some training for our service members here in Morocco. And um, I've really enjoyed being here and appreciate the opportunity to have come. And there was a lot more going on than just routine, dental, and medical procedures. Let me tell you a story. Colonel Matthew Bird, also of the Utah Air National Guard. So we have a gentleman who shows up, and he has a huge cyst on his leg. He can't wear pants. He can't work. He can't provide for his family. So we see him. We take him back to the operating room. 
were able to remove this cyst, the largest the surgeons have seen. It's a 20-year type cyst. You just never see this when you get that big. He's, he's, got a, he's, got, he's got a rope tied around his leg, holding it in place when he shows up. We take that out. His life has changed forever. He can provide for his family. He can work. He can be everything that he wants to be in life. And it's because of these simple things that we're able to do. We're taking care of people. And speaking of people, how many folks would you estimate you've seen so far? <laughs> so we've seen over 11,000, and that's over a nine-day period. African Lion 2019 had some very lofty goals, including improving interoperability and mutual understanding of African partner nations' tactics, techniques, and procedures. It also was designed to test out some activities involving the U.S. military's capabilities. But one of the loftiest and simplest of objectives at the same time for Exercise African Lion was simply sharing knowledge. Cloutier talked to us about the importance of not being a know-it-all. Yes, you know, it's really important. So a lot of times um, people will come into a situation like this and say, um, this is what I think we ought to do. Um, and they miss the point. The point is we ought to come in and say, what do you want to do? What do you think as the host nation? And, and our partners here are very capable. I mean, you saw the aircraft that were flying yesterday. You saw uh, the combined training exercise we did. That was U.S., U.K., Tunisians, Moroccans all together. You really couldn't tell one from the other. So um, our allies and our partners here, they've got a lot to share. And what we stress with our soldiers is you're going to learn as much as you're going to teach. And so, you know, we got two ears and one mouth, so we probably ought to listen twice as much as we talk. And sometimes listening is more important than talking. Thanks to General Cloutier's generosity of his time and understanding of media needs, I was able to observe very closely exactly what was going on, even here the conversations that he was having with the inner circle during Exercise African Lion 2019. You think this will help you when you go back uh, to Spain? For sure. Good. What, what are the conversations you're having with your counterparts here? You, there have been a number of briefings that I've been privileged to attend, and I, I see you observing and listening to your, your staff uh, brief you on what's going on. What kinds of little conversations are going on between the, you during the course of these briefings? What kinds of things are you thinking and talking about? Well, we, we talk a lot about vision for uh, next year. So this is a transition year for us. We're talking a lot about where we want to go. And I talk a lot with them about what are your training objectives? We want to train on our core competencies and make sure that we, we hone our war fighting skills. But what do they want to train on? So Lieutenant General Farouk, the Southern Zone Commander, he's got a vision. He's got some objectives. And so we have a lot of discussions about um, how do we bring our two visions together. I think we're both um, – uh, in, in very strong agreement on where we wanted to go next. And then there's a lot of just relationship building and there's just talking about families and talking about hopes and dreams and futures and, and uh, you know, not just talking work the entire time. So there were a lot of situations where the leadership from the nations represented were sitting and drinking Moroccan tea and eating Moroccan delicacies. Small talk and big talk in the process, while they were continuing to build their relationships, strengthen their bonds, and also 
formulate their plans for the future. What would you say has been the most encouraging part of this exercise to you? You know, when I go out and, and I see those young soldiers, you know, regardless of, of what uniform they're wearing, uh, we were every single soldier I've talked to since I've been here, sailor, uh, airman or marine, as a matter of fact, um, is talking about how much they have learned and what a unique experience this has been for them. Um, I met a young 18-year-old airman, first time been in the Air Force, uh, I think just over 18 months, and now she's in Morocco, and she's out in the desert doing the humanitarian assistance mission. Tears in her eyes as she describes, you know, a woman that hasn't seen in 12 years all of a sudden can see. Um, the young um, soldier um, out of Fort Campbell who's been in the Army less than two years, and he said, Sir, I never even dreamed I would come to Morocco. And it's been such an awesome experience to share what I know and to learn uh, from our Moroccan counterparts. That's encouraging because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines get it. They understand what this is all about. And speaking of that young soldier from Fort Campbell... My name is First Lieutenant Wilson Meyer. I am First Platoon Leader for Apache Troop 175 Cav, 2nd Brigade Combat Team, 101st Airborne Division, Air Assault. I am down here in Morocco conducting platoon live fire exercises. Just before this, my platoon was training Moroccan forces with the help of other British forces how to employ all of our uh, direct fire weapon systems. It's important that we're down here because it's showing all of my soldiers that our Moroccan forces and our allied counterparts are competent, confident, and just as lethal as we are. And another key, equally important group that was represented at the exercise was women. Okay. I'm Staff Sergeant Christina Miller from the Colorado Air National Guard. I'm currently in the pediatric tent here in Morocco. Um, we see peds from age birth, from birth to age 15 around. If they're older than that, they go see um, our adult doctors. Here in this tent, we're super important because we are building our Moroccan counterparts. And um, as I'm not a peds nurse by trait, but I'm able to learn the different things for pediatrics since they're so different than adults. General Cloutier and I spent a lot of time talking about success, but I had to ask him about failures as well. The downside, negatives. I mean, we don't like to talk about them, but they always exist. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to characterize the challenges that you and even the exercise the U.S. and all of its partners face. I mean, there's challenges associated with bringing, you know, eight different nations together. Um, there's language barriers. Um, we, we have different equipment. We have different um, techniques that we use. But it's really, they're challenges, but um, they're challenges that we work through. And that's really, you know, why this exercise is important, because it's about interoperability and understanding where our partners and allies are coming from and thinking through the challenges that we might face uh, on a battlefield somewhere in the future and working through them in, in a training environment where if you don't get it right, uh, no one gets hurt. And so we want to figure all that out now so we don't have to figure it out in the future. Mm. Um, why should Americans care? Um, well, you know, Morocco is a strategic partner. This is a strategic relationship. Um, the Moroccans, for example, and the Tunisians um, have become net 
exporters of security. So stable, strong nations that are allies and partners with the United States matter. Uh, the geographic location uh, of this area is important, as are other countries in Africa. Africa itself is important. By 2050, 40% of the world's population growth is going to occur on the African continent. It's going to be in excess of 2 billion people. Uh, it's a strong economic engine. There's lots of natural resources here. Um, geographically, it's important. Uh, and in that context, um, we have to be involved here. We have to be engaged in Africa. Uh, it, because if we're not engaged, uh, then other countries will be engaged. And I won't go into the details of that because I know that's very political, but um, it is very clear and very obvious that that's taking place now. It's not something that may happen down the road, but there have been other uh, inter other international other quote-unquote great powers that have shown great interest in Africa. And this exercise seems to me to be sending a message. Is that right? Well, I mean, it, it shows the capability of our partners. It shows, it highlights our relationship, uh, and it highlights, you know, our ability to operate together um, to uh, project combat power, deploy forces, conduct a training event, uh, and it shows that we have strong relationships with our allies and partners in the region. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that's an important message to send, and the rest of the world sees the importance of Africa too, and, and everybody understands what's going on. Last thing then, um, what message would you like to leave for not just the American people, but anybody and everybody that's listening to our program? Um, I, you know, I think what's really important, you know, is uh, for the folks back home to understand is uh, right now out in the Moroccan desert uh, and in the Tunisian desert, uh, there are great young Americans, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, uh, interagency partners uh, that are on the cutting edge of America's diplomacy. They are out here making a difference. They're training hard. Uh, they're doing great things. And I think the folks back home should be really proud of these great young Americans and what they're doing. Um, when I'm out there watching uh, them train, uh, I'm filled with hope. I'm filled with hope for, for our country. I'm filled with hope for where we're going. And I feel really confident uh, that our nation's in good hands because we got great young people out here doing great things. That's Major General Roger Cloutier. This was the 16th year of African Lion. And this being the first time that I've observed it, I can honestly say, in the absence of previous experience covering this event, the opportunity to listen in as the senior military leaders from the countries involved talked helped me understand and envision what they were trying to accomplish. And here's the bottom line. Africa is a big, beautiful, promising, talented continent, but it's got some major problems with corruption, violent extremism, human and drug trafficking, poverty and terrorism, and a lot of wide open spaces for them to plot and plan. All of those problems are the same that we have on every other continent in the world, even in the U.S. And those problems don't just stop at the border of a country. ISIS in Iraq and Syria is a perfect example. They infect other countries and territories. So it makes perfect sense to me that African lions attempt to bring all of these countries, all of these military doctrines, all of these tactics and concepts together in a joint space to fight problems together is absolutely what the doctor ordered. 
So that's it for this edition of Target USA. And as always, I'm deeply grateful that you decided to allow me an opportunity to talk to you for a little while. Thank you for your support. And please, I would like to ask if you would subscribe to our podcast. Also, we have a new item that you will probably find of interest as well. It's called Inside the Skiff. Please subscribe to that newsletter. It's all about things like what we've just talked about. And you can do it at WTOP.com slash alerts. That's Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. WTOP.com slash alerts. Also, if you have any questions or comments or thoughts you want to share, send me an email. The letter J, the color green, that's one word, at WTOP.com. That's jgreen at WTOP.com. Also, please follow us on Twitter at TUSA Podcast. That's Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And coming up on our next program, it's going to be something related to terrorism, national security, anarchism, hostile nation states, you name it. If it's national security or intelligence, you'll find out about it right here. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. If you like my show, you're going to love Blunt Force Truth on Podcast One. Emmy-winning game show legend Chuck Woolery joins forces with Polymath and serial entrepreneur Mark Young to tackle the toughest issues of the day, setting aside the political rhetoric and laying out the truth using science, research, and hard facts. Download new episodes of Blunt Force Truth every week on Podcast One. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.